When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the view from the opposition this week. It comes from Dave as a party from Talking Wolves. And as you guys know, if you've listened to the match preview, I'm not looking forward to Saturday one bit. I've been very impressed by Wolves. So it is a pleasure to have Dave onto the podcast to share a bit of insight into Newcastle's opponents. Dave, thank you for popping onto the podcast. How are we keeping you well? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm keeping well, thank you. Um... Yeah, we're doing all right, Wolves are. So, you know, when your team's doing well, you're always uh, happy. So, uh, yeah, doing all right, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. I was going to say, if Newcastle are having a bit of a disappointing season, then Wolves are having an absolutely amazing season by all accounts, yeah? (laughs) It's all right. I think you just have to look at sort of the pre-season predictions of many football fans and pundits when they were had walls pretty much nailed on to be in their bottom three. And you see how well we're doing and into the quarterfinal of the FA Cup with a pretty favourable draw. Um, so, yeah, I think things are things are good. There's still things on the pitch that I feel can be improved as well. Uh, but in terms of quality of results at the moment, you know, we can't be too dis- disappointed with how walls have got on so far. Yeah, you've got the draw that we all wanted in uh, Coventry. <laughs> so thank you for that. Newcastle handed Manchester City. So it doesn't get any easier for Newcastle when it comes to cup draws this season. But we'll start with the FA Cup. You guys played a day later than Newcastle. Will that affect any preparation going into Saturday's game, do you think? A little bit. And I think I think the only advantage for us possibly is that you boys had the extra time as well. Uh, I know it was a day before, but sort of maybe long slightly longer minutes will sort of level things out a little bit. Um, I think we've come out with one or two maybe little doubts going into Saturday's game. Um, I think Hwangi Chan is one player that won't be in the squad for Saturday. I think he picked up a knock. He didn't look fit for a minute one yesterday, to be honest. And Gary O'Neill pretty much said in his post-match press conference that he'll be very surprised if Huang's in the in the squad for Saturday. Um, a couple of little little cramps and stuff like that, but... I don't know. I think, uh, you know, the Brighton game, you know, Brighton had an extra day's rest on us as well ahead of the FA Cup game yesterday. And although they dominated most of the game, I think the way we pressed, we we still looked like we could match them in terms of energy. So um just depends on the preparation. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed that sort of extra time that you guys had levels things out a little bit for us. Yeah, and Castanet, it's certainly looking tired towards the end and then that penalty shootout. And you mentioned he Huang he there, not... Uh, Available on looking unlikely on Saturday. I'm a big fan of him. Um, I would I would certainly like to see him in, in, in the black and white of Newcastle. I think he, he certainly knows where the goal is. How big of a blow will it be for him not to to be available on Saturday? 
it's a weird one with Huang because he's very, very hot and cold. Um, and like sort of when he first joined the club on loan, he was really hot, scored, you know, plenty of goals and then went really quiet. Last season, he really struggled to get any sort of consistency. And then this year under Gary O'Neill, he's been on fire really. And it was a, a bit of a disappointment when he had to go to uh, the Asia Cup with South Korea. Um, he had a, a, a little injury throughout the majority of that tournament so never really got going. And he's come back here only, I think yesterday was his third game uh, back and he just hasn't looked fit. So I still don't think he's fully over the injury that he'd, he'd picked up. I think there was a clip of him about to kick off for the second half yesterday and he was already holding his hamstring. So I think he came off about the 60-minute mark yesterday. So he will be a blow, obviously. You know, any any player missing is a blow, especially when you've got a squad as small as the Wolves team. But I think there's plenty of quality and, and lots of talent still going forward for Wolves to make sure that we can, you know, still give Newcastle a more than decent game. And one of those players of attacking qualities is Pedro Neto. He's got lots of admirers in the Premier League, also linked to a move to Newcastle. Another player that I would love Newcastle to sign in the summer, although it won't be on the cheap. Just explain to us how good he is. And is he the key man on Saturday for Wolves? I would say so. I think I would expect Wolves to sit quite deep and frustrate Newcastle. But then the main outlet really is going to be Neto going forward. Even yesterday, against Brighton, you know, we mentioned Huang. He was on the pitch 60 minutes, really struggled to get into the game. Within 60 seconds, Pedro Neto had created a clear-cut chance out of absolutely nothing. So he's, he's a player of real quality again. You could tell, you know, he wants things to go right for him a lot. He gets frustrated when the ball doesn't get played to him where he wants it and so on. But I think all good players are like that. But this season, he's really kicked on. And I think I'd be very surprised to see him in... in a wall shirt again next season. If he can stay injury-free between now and the end of the campaign, add a few more goals and assists, I think Wolves can demand a pretty decent fee for him as well. But really, really good player. Just been unlucky with injuries. So quick, skillful. Probably needs that little bit more composure in front of goal at times, but uh, a seriously talented player. And uh, yeah, could be the difference maker on Saturday, I would say. Well, the big debate raging at Newcastle over the last few weeks has all been about Dan Burns. Should he start a left-back? Shouldn't he? We've seen the likes of Alanga at Nottingham Forest absolutely burn him for pace. And I'm assuming Neto will be starting out on the right for Wolves, so it will be likely to be him taking on Burn. If it is Burn at left-back, do you think that will be somewhere Wolves will have targeted with Neto's pace? Potentially, yeah. I think um, with the... It will be very interesting to see how Gary O'Neill starts because in the FA Cup he'd started like a five-three-two or a three-five-two, however you want to look at it, which we've never seen before under O'Neill. Um, and then he switched for about 10-15 minutes back to the normal formation, which would be a five-two-three or a three-four-three. Um, so if it is a three-four-three, I think the fluidity of the front three, which I'd assume would be Neto, Sarabia, and Belgard, will allow them all to sort of switch across the front line. But Neto, I think he's played some of his better football from the right. So running at Dan Byrne, most likely. But saying that, we had a couple of games, even when he was at Brighton, Dan Byrne, uh, when we had a Dharma, everyone was rubbing their hands together before those games. And there were once or twice with Dan Byrne, I think he had a he had a shocker. He gave away a penalty the one game for Brighton. But he has done a decent job on them every now and then. Um, but you would say so. I think Newcastle fans will rightly look at that. And in terms of the battle with the form that both players are on, you'd, you'd expect Pedro Neto running at Dan Byrne. There's probably only going to be one winner. But um, we'll wait and see. I, I, Neto might, may start on the left-hand side for us or may even start through the middle on Saturday. So it'll be interesting to have a look at how O'Neill uh, starts us off. 
it's really interesting. It might seem a little bit strange to you as well, looking from the outside in at Newcastle. You know, they beat Blackburn Rovers. It was on penalties. They're into the next round of the FA Cup and they've not had too bad of a start to 2024. And yet it is a bit doom and gloom. I put a tweet out after uh, the, the, the game against Blackburn, asking people to get back in touch with me about how they're feeling about Saturday. And I read some of the tweets out yesterday on the match preview. And everyone is just down in the dumps. I think there was about 50 replies. One person came back and said, we should beat Wolves. It wasn't, I think we will beat Wolves. It's we should. <laughs> Everybody else was just, we'll get torn apart. You know, we're going to get embarrassed. There was talk about the midfield dominating Newcastle's midfield. I'm guessing from a, a Wolves point of view, everything's quite rosy. Is the fan base a bit more optimistic than the Newcastle United one coming into this game? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I've not seen um, many sort of pre-match thoughts on this just yet because obviously we had our RFA Cup game quite recently, but it's very optimistic. And, and I think the thing with Wolves is at the moment that in terms of performances, some of the level of our performances hasn't actually been brilliant the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, we were fantastic against Spurs uh, just under two weeks ago. But the game this weekend against Sheffield United was really underwhelming. Um, I think, you know, you saw some of Sheffield United's recent results and think, oh, Wall should knock three or four past them. And it wasn't the case. You know, we made really, really hard work of it. But on the flip side of that, historically, Walls have really struggled against those teams that are down at the bottom and they play a really low block. So I just felt coming out of that with three points, happy days. And even in the FA Cup game, you know, we did a job on Brighton, got that early goal and sort of did what we need to do, sit deep, frustrate them. And, and ultimately, we got the result. So in terms of the level of performances, Walls haven't been fantastic, but they've just found a way of grinding out results. And uh, since uh, Christmas, I don't think we've lost away from home either. You know, we've picked, and at the start of the year, our away form was was dreadful. So, um, you know, we, we're on, on really good form at the moment. And there's a lot of optimism, a lot of positivity going through the camp, especially with players injured. Like Mateus Cunha is, is still a big miss for us. He still won't be ready for this game. Um, but, you know, the players and some really young and inexperienced players have really stepped up and, uh, you know, I think this this team now are looking at every challenge, whether it be Manchester City, Manchester United, Newcastle United, and thinking, you know what, we're good enough to give these guys a game. We'll see what happens. So I think that's the difference at the moment. And I think with Newcastle, it sort of reminds me a little bit of like how our life was under Nuno. He sort of came in. Eddie Howe was pretty much up until this season just gone on, on an upward trajectory. You've had, a, you know, you've had the money come in. And the same with Nuno. You know, he got his back-to-back seventh-place finishes, quarter-finalist of the Europa League in the first time he really dropped in form and we finished you know mid-table fans hated it they really didn't enjoy it um and that's the same with any football team i think it's very it's a very fickle sport i suppose but um i think newcastle have got a chance i think if you offered a walls fans a point before this game as of right now they'd, they'd probably take it to be honest i think newcastle fans might take it a point or at least the ones that got them back in touch with me <laughs> i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I mean, it is at St. James Park. It, it used to be a, a fortress last season. You know, very few teams came to 
Newcastle and got anything at all. They haven't won at St. James's uh, since 16th of December, a game against Fulham. Fulham went down to 10 men for, for the most uh, part of that game. And since then, they've, they've drawn to, to Luton, they've drawn to, to Bournemouth. So that kind of fortress nature of the home ground isn't there at this moment in time. And it's probably a very different prospect to to what Wolves would have faced last season um, when they lost 2-1 to Newcastle. What do you th- what, what do you um, expect when you come to St James's Park in terms of the atmosphere and and just how difficult that makes it for the the, Wol- the Wolves team? I think it's one of those with it with the Newcastle fans, and I think sort of what you were saying earlier probably describes it quite well. I think if you can frustrate Newcastle early on, I think that will unsettle the, the the you know St James's Park as well. But on the flip side of that, you know if you allow Newcastle a lot of the ball, a lot of opportunities early on, you know they're going to get behind the team. Then it'll, it all of a sudden becomes a very, very difficult place to play. So, um, Wolves, have, Wolves, especially in away games, have started off quite brightly recently. Um, you know, New Ca- um, Spurs, sorry, we did really well. Um, a couple of games I'm trying to think of, you know, away from home, Brentford, just after Christmas. You know, we started away games really well and it's sort of, we've just taken the momentum and run with it really. So I think if we could do that on Saturday as well, frustrate the Newcastle fan base early on and it'll make life very, very difficult, I think, uh, for Eddie Howe and his team. So, um, yeah, like I said, Wolves, will, I'm fairly certain we've sold out our away and our, our atmosphere away from home has been really good as well. So I think, you know, it'll be, it'll be a really good battle. Yeah, it should be. And Newcastle, as I mentioned, not having the best of luck when it comes to keeping clean sheets. I mean, Martin Brafka was excellent against Blackburn, the hero, um, throughout the game. And But in the Premier League, they are conceding quite a few goals. I mean, Luton conceded four, Bournemouth again conceded quite a few. Is that something where you think Wolves will look at and think, OK, we can get at them here and we can probably score more than, than one in this game? Yeah, I think the one thing and the one real big positive for, for Wolves this season has been in our ability to score goals. Um, <clears throat> not not bucket loads of goals, you know. Like I mentioned earlier, I think Wolves fans expect us to play Sheffield United and score three or four. But the um, the frequency of goals, you know, on the last three years um, under Nuno, his last season under Bruno Large and Lopetegui, Wolves has really really struggled to score goals, and we we're amongst the lowest goal scorers in the Premier League. Whereas this season, you know, we're going into every game confident that we are going to score at least one goal. Um, and and the ability for Wolves to score goals and see out games is is quite impressive so far this season as well. So um, yeah, well, I'm I'm really happy and you know we still haven't really got a dedicated number nine in the squad at all. You know we're playing forward players there like you know Sarabia might take fruit up the middle. Uh, Neto might play centrally as well. Um, and with Cunha injured, Huang injured, we haven't really got somebody that we would class as a striker. So. Um, It'll be interesting, but we've got full faith in the, in the team that we can go to pretty much any team in the Premier League. And yeah, we might concede a goal, but we've got every every faith that we're going to score more than the opposite team. And, you know, we've seen that a lot. We've got a lot of 2-1 victories, 3-1 victories so far this season. Um, so, yeah, really, really comfortable and confident in the attacking lineup at the moment. Newcastle welcoming back a few players from from injury. Joe Willock's back, Ellie Arneson's back, Alexander Isaac's. Back now, they won't be match fit, but finally, it looks like Eddie Howe's got some options. Is there a certain player, maybe one of those that is returned that I've just mentioned, or someone else, maybe like Bruno, that you're particularly fearing from a world's point of view? I think Newcastle have got you know got quality, and I think they wouldn't have finished where they did last season and still be where they are in the table now. I know 
sort of from what you've said earlier, fans are finding it frustrating, but I don't think you've got a bad team where if you sat where you are in the Premier League, ultimately, I think Isaac's a very, very good player. Um, I remember when you guys had bought him, I thought the fee was a little bit steep, but I think whenever he's fit, he backs it up with, he, he just backed that up with goals. Bruno Gamares is, you know, another fantastic player. And quite um, um, impressed with Anthony Gordon as well. I think he's, you know, kicked on to be fair whenever we've played him uh, whenever we've played him for Everton I thought we did really well and kept him really quiet um but this season for Newcastle he's you know I felt he's kicked on in terms of numbers and so on um so I think he's a talented footballer but you know there's, there's quality all over the pitch at Newcastle um it's, it's going to be a difficult game and I think even if the likes of Isaac don't start the game you know to have that option off the bench, maybe with half an hour, 20 minutes to go, is always going to be uh, threatening for Wolves. So, you know, talent, and it's not going to be an easy game. Mm. And I mean, the hope from Newcastle point of view is, is that the 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 win against Blackburn is is the catalyst and it reignites mm. their, their season and they can churn out a good performance, but then you, you take any victory anyway. It comes. Talk to us then about the, the main weakness of Wolves that you think Newcastle might try and exploit? Is there something that that, that springs to mind? Um, we, we've ironed out a lot of issues so far this season. I still feel that we do have the defensive clangor in us every now and then. Um, I, I, I think really it depends on how Newcastle set up and how Newcastle play. I think with you guys being at home, you'll want a lot of the ball. You'll want to you know, have a high line and attack Wolves. Um, and that works quite well for us, really, I would say. Uh, you know, we like to play on the counter and we like to, you know, you know, sit low and, and, and sort of launch those counter-attacks. Um, but when teams do the opposite to us, like if Newcastle, you know, set up with a low block or scored a fairly early goal and, you know, started playing a little bit more defensive, I think that would make life very difficult for Wolves. Um, and, you know, if we if we do launch counter-attacks, you know, our wing-backs do get involved in that. And sometimes we have seen it where they get caught out and then all of a sudden you're against, you know, if you, if you break, you've got four attackers against three, three defenders and can outnumber us. So I think we've ironed out a lot of issues, to be honest, um, you know, from set pieces and so on. With us playing three at the back, you've got three big centre-halves defending those. So I think that's helped out a lot. And same going forward as well. Probably not scoring enough from set pieces, um, but still, you know, a good option. So, no major, major weaknesses for Wolves, but I think it's just the overall tactical style of play. If Newcastle set up and could frustrate Wolves, you know, it could be a long afternoon. Whereas for us, if you being at home will want to attack us, which I'd assume you would, Wolves might get a little bit more joy that way. And that's been Newcastle's issue for the last few months is that when they do go forward, if they get caught, on the counter, the midfield is so open and so exposed mm. that the majority of teams have, have made the most of it. You know, Ross Barkley for Luton, for example, had an absolute field day. And quite a few of the comments that I got back were about, as I said, the midfield of Wolves potentially dominating the midfield of Newcastle um, because it has been, you know, it's been poor. Uh, even though they have got quality like Bruno, uh, but with Joe Willick back, maybe that'll give them a, a few more, a bit more legs in the middle and hope Newcastle don't get caught out what's the main strength of Wolves that Newcastle have to look out for I think the midfield battle is one that is a key one but in terms of the quality of Wolves and how quick they can turn defence into attack what a couple of um, decent examples I would say of that um, I think yesterday was one if any Newcastle fans wanted to watch any highlights yesterday was one against Brighton although I felt they could have dealt with it a little bit better you know picking the ball up in our defensive third and within two passes, Lamina's put the ball in the back of the net. Um, against Spurs, our winning goal away from home, João Gomez from a set piece, picks up 
the ball on the edge of our own box, passes it to Neto. Within 20 seconds, he's down the other end and puts the ball into the back of the net. So we're very, very quick in the transitions and we're very talented players on the ball in terms of take-ons. I think as daft as it sounds, we've got the most take-ons in the top five leagues in Europe. Um, so our ability to to move the ball past players as well is really, really strong. So I think just in terms of counter-attacking, we're so quick. Um, Pablo Sarabia is a player who isn't necessarily rapid, but in terms of his technical ability, you know, he could pick the pass for the likes of Neto or whether it be Samedo or Aitnori down at the wing-back positions as well. So um, the midfield battle is a big one though as well, Andrew. I think Mario Lamina and João Gomez, if they're both fit, will start for us and They've been phenomenal this year for us. Um, you know, on paper, two really physic, physical, almost defensive-minded midfielders, but can both pop up in the area and grab a goal, which they have done for us. Um, I think Lamina had scored against you guys as well from the set piece in the in the home fixture. Um, and that's what Wolves have missed. Neves and Matino were unbelievable for Wolves, but we always struggled against teams that had a really physical midfield. And now Wolves have got that. We're all of a sudden looking much better better, much balanced, more balanced team and seem to be much more solid in, in, in being a bit more consistent and getting goals and wins. I was hoping speaking to you were going to make us feel better about Newcastle's chances. <laughs> we're, we're really quick on the counter. It doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence from a Newcastle point of view because, <laughs> as I say, that's just where they've been caught out uh, so often of so late. Um, we've talked about the key men. Uh, Neto, you've mentioned Lamina. There's anyone else that you think, if you were sitting down with Eddie Howe, you'd say, right, you've got to stop him. If you're going to get three points for Newcastle, this is the man you've got to stop. Um, I think, obviously, Neto is the main one. I think Pablo Sarabia will start. And like I said, his ability, just picking up certain areas and pockets on, on the pitch. You know, he can, even if, you know, you pass the ball to him within three touches or pick another pass and, and send a player through. You know, his assist numbers have been very good and, and, and pick, popping up with a few goals as well. One player I'm intrigued to see, if he starts, uh, a French forward, uh, Jean-Ric Nebelgard. We signed him and he's really struggled to break into the team on a consistent basis. Um, and I think he's just been in and out of the team a lot. I think with Huang's injury, he should start Saturday. Now, I felt he was okay against Brighton yesterday, but he'll be an interesting one to watch because um, his ability on the ball is very, very good uh, and quite nippy as well. Um but going, you know, if I was a head coach looking at that, I wouldn't really know how to, you know, he's not, he's he's been hot and cold quite a lot so far this season. But I think Zhao Gomez and Lamina is the one. I think Zhao Gomez is arguably more than Lamina because he's just, he's like a little pit bull in the middle. You know, Newcastle pick up the ball, whether it be Bruno or Joe Linton, if he's fit or whoever. Gomez in a flash will be on him and, and trying to break that down. So real quality player, Zhao Gomez. And then, like I said earlier, the wing-backs, Ait Nori and Samada, I think very, very underrated players. And going forward, as well as defensively, um, really good talents for Wolves. Are Wolves still a little bit vulnerable at the back? Because was it against Manchester United, you got back in the game and then conceded literally yeah. straight after. I remember watching that game and thinking, very impressive going forward. But, you know, my United obviously ended up getting the, the late, late goal. Is defensive, you see things have kind of shored up and improved, but are they still vulnerable at the back? And if Isaac can get in, if Gordon can run run at them, then that's Newcastle's best kind of option on Saturday? Yeah, I would say so. I think, yeah, they, they are vulnerable at the back. And I think it's almost like a game-by-game -game basis for the defence at the moment. There's some games they turn up and they're unbelievable. And then there's other games, like a few weeks ago, we played Brentford. Uh, I think we've played Brentford four times this season because we had them in the FA Cup. And, you know, we played them four times in the space of about two months 
Um, and we've beaten them in the, both, well, beating them in the FA Cup, beating them at their place and going into the game at Molyneux, I think again, everyone was like, yeah, we should should get another three points. And uh, Wolves are really, really poor. Again, Brentford playing a low block, which we struggled with, but we just sloppy at the back in terms of passing. You know, we do like to try and play out of the back, which, you know, when it works, it, it's great. It looks really good and attractive, but at other times it can be, you know, it can cost you. And I think Craig Dawson there was, you know, once or twice, very slow off the mark sometimes. So if you are going to get someone, if Newcastle, for argument's sake, counter us, and you have got the, the likes of Isaac or Gordon running at someone like Craig Dawson, for argument's sake, you could get that little bit of joy. Even Kilman, he's not bad. He's not rapid, but, he, you know, he can, he can hold his own. Um, but that that sort of right-hand side of Dawson and Kilman of the defence is, um, is one area that I think Newcastle could, uh, you know, look at. But, over the last couple of weeks or so, I'd say, you know, we've shored up a little bit defensively and we're looking okay. It should be an interesting one. And just before I get your uh, prediction for the game, just talk to us about the job that Gary O'Neill has done. I mean, you find yourselves a point in a place above Newcastle, which, like you said at the start of the show, if someone had said that at the start of the season, you probably would have laughed them out of uh, the Midlands. I mean, I have to admit, Dave, I was one of those who predicted Wolves for the drop when Lopetegui left because I was so impressed with the job he, he'd done. I felt he probably should have won manager of the year, if I'm being honest, uh, for the work he'd done because when he came in, he was looking destined for the championship and his run of form was fantastic. So when he left, I thought, OK, I, I did have his down for, for relegation. I wasn't overly enthused by the appointment of, of Gary O'Neill, um, but goodness me, he's proved me wrong. He's probably proved some of your fan base wrong as well. What a job he's doing. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I I think I was the same, really. I think I wasn't. There was a lot of Wolves fans when that when Lopetegui left and O'Neill had come in, and I thought, right, that's it, we're we're done for. Um, I wasn't quite as negative as that. I felt it was a strange appointment, or at least not a not an attractive appointment for Wolves. Um, in terms of you know not much experience at the time and so on. But yeah, he's done a he's done a phenomenal job. Like I said at the start of the the um at us talking, you know, FA Cup quarter final. Within possibly within a shout of Europe, um, which is another thing I think between Newcastle and Wolves, you know, you've got us, Brighton, West Ham, Chelsea, all sort of fighting for that final place, which I think adds a bit more spice to this game, really. But, um, you know, fighting for Europe, you could say, but FA Cup quarter finalist, but very, very good coach gets it. It's the first time the Wolves fans have had a connection with this Wolves team in a long, long time again, probably since before COVID, um, which is a, a big bonus for us. Um, and yeah, just. Just very, very good. I think he's learned a lot throughout the season. You know, there were certain errors I think a very inexperienced head coach would make, which Gary O'Neill was at the start of the season. And now he gets it a little bit more. I think he's learned a lot more about his squad. He's learned a lot more about how to manage games in the Premier League as well, um, which has helped us out a lot. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really happy with how things are going so far with Gary O'Neill. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if some big bigger clubs come knocking soon enough. Maybe even the England job, depending on what happens uh, after the Euros. But um, at the moment, yeah, I'm really happy with how he's doing and, and long may it continue. I bet you've had to quickly check that your passports and date because, as you say, <laughs> there was a battle for Europe going on as well, which I bet you never expected. No, no, I expect. I mean, we were in Europe and the new now, and it was phenomenal. And sort of, I tried to do as many of those games because I thought. I never know when Wolves will be in Europe again. And so after the last couple of years, I didn't think it'd be any time soon. So, look, I think there's a lot of quality ahead in front of us. I think you guys could get back into form at any point. Chelsea, unbelievable squad, just, you know, really underperforming. And Brighton and West Ham. So a lot of quality above us and it takes some real consistency to get there. But you never know. And I think 
even if you know we finish like mid table, but win an FA Cup for argument's sake or whatever, you go down in legend status straight away. It'd, it'd be phenomenal. But yeah, really, really happy with how he's got on. And uh, like I said, happy to happy that he's proved me wrong, and happy that he's proved a lot of uh, Wolves fans and football fans in general wrong as well. Yeah, great job so far. Come on, then, Dave. How's it going to go on Saturday? What's the score going to be? <laughs> Like I said earlier on, I think I would take a draw. So my heart is probably, uh, my head, sorry, is probably saying a 1-1. Uh, but I always do, I always have a yeah, feeling that Wolves can beat, you know, and our, our away form is good. So um, my heart is saying a 2-1 Wolves win. I think it'll be I very, very close. Maybe a goal either way. I think it'll be very close. I think there'll be a lot of back and forth. I think it might be end end to ends. Mm. The Neto burn situation worries me slightly. As does the midfield, and as I've said, you know the counter-attack and nature that Wolves can bring to the game also um, is worrying me. But I've gone for a two-one win for Newcastle. No logic behind it. I think it's just <laughs> time to be optimistic and positive. At some point, you know they've got to get another win at St James's Park, and hopefully, uh, from Newcastle point of view, it happens this Saturday. But thank you very much for popping on to the podcast and, and giving us the insight into Wolves ahead of Saturday's game against Newcastle United. To you guys watching. Give the video a thumbs up, hit subscribe on the channel. And if you're on the podcast channel, please leave us a rating and review. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news, including a live coverage of this game through a dedicated match day blog on Saturday afternoon. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>